Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with our wonderful community of sports fans following Jesus. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm joined by Luke Heaton. Luke, how are you? Doing great, Bryce. It is just days away from the big day, which is the wedding day. So uh, not getting much sleep, not getting hardly any productivity done. So just super excited for that. Man, well, I want to talk all about that because uh, I want to share some some wedding av- advice since it is game week. It is go time. So we will uh, we will get into that in just a little bit. But we've got a a loaded show for, you know, kind of this uh, this uh, last show before March Madness really kicks in. Uh, but we do want to get into the Duke and UNC game and, and some of the ramifications for what has been a very disappointing season for Duke. And so I've, I've got some. Uh, kind of opinions on that as a as a Duke fan, and so we'll, we'll touch on that. Also, it was NBA All Star Weekend, and I love NBA All Star Weekend, but it was much different this year. And and so we'll we'll take a look at the game, the contests, and also the you know first half of the NBA season, and and where we're going toward the the second half of the season. Some teams and players to look out for. And and so uh, I'm, I'm I love the NBA and and excited for for where the the game is at. Uh, but but yesterday's All-Star game, not quite as entertaining as I had hoped, but we'll get to that. And then also for Unpack This today. So each week uh, we do a segment called Unpack This where we take a sports story related to the Bible. I've got kind of a, a personal story surrounding the Duke and UNC game and the idea of DVR, fast-forwarding, and watching games. And so all of that together and, and so that will be a, a big topic that, that you can uh, chime in, uh, in as, on, on as well. And I'm curious your thoughts as a listener. What is your approach to DVRing sports and, and watching sports uh, later? So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that one. And then if we have time, I, I want to get to two things. One, I want to compare this year's NBA All-Stars to 90s All-Stars in the way that we're going to remember them. So it'll be, it'll be a little interesting. Uh, and then also on Sunday, I spent a ton of time in my my basement and in my my extra closet that is filled with trading cards. That's right. My old trading cards. Uh, I want to talk about the trading card industry. Two cards sold recently for millions of dollars. So I'm, I'm digging through trying to find that million dollar card. I got to find it. I'm hoping to find one. Uh, I don't think I'm there yet. But maybe uh, maybe a couple hundred dollars. So we'll see. I'm, I'm telling my wife Jody, "Hey, hang on. I think there's something in the basement. I think there's going to be something good." So I, I, I was digging through on Sunday, and uh, we'll, we'll jump into that topic uh, as well. So a loaded show. Excited to be here. Uh, Corey Miller not on the show today, but glad to have Luke here. And and so we're uh, we're going to talk wedding and, and all that as well. But before we get into it, let me ask you this: Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. And, and so for all of you that are listening today, we greatly appreciate your support. We do want you to comment. We want you to be a part of this show. So whether you comment on, on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, or if you want to shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. On Mondays, we always do what I'm convinced of, and so uh, we will share what we're convinced of, but we also want to know what you're convinced of, and if you have wedding advice for Luke, who's getting married on Saturday, what is your wedding advice? You can you can throw in maybe a little marriage advice, but let's get through the wedding first. 
Uh, and then we could kind of maybe as, as the weeks go on, we can unload some more, uh, some more wedding advice uh, as well. All right, let's start with uh, I'm convinced. And, and I've, got, I've got two things for you, Luke, uh, that I'm convinced of today. And the first one is this. I'm convinced that the NBA All-Star game and all the festivities are better on TV. And the reason I say that is a couple years ago, the All-Star game was in Charlotte, and I had the privilege to go. And it was a bucket list opportunity. A lot of fun to be there. But sitting in the media section, it was actually really hard to see and experience. And, and I shared this at the time, but you know, I'm all excited to watch the dunk contest and and. Charlotte's own Miles Bridges was in the uh, in the dunk contest that year, and I had to kind of sit down versus jumping up and, and getting excited. And so it, it's I just was reminded how much the All Star Game is uh, the, the energy and the the excitement can actually be seen better on TV. And the other thing that I'm convinced of is the coverage makes all of it like Ernie and Shaq, and Kenny, and Marv Albert, and all those guys, Reggie Miller, that's what makes it. But yesterday, there was no Charles Barkley. I guess he was at his daughter's wedding, and and so I'm convinced that the All-Star festivities are not the same without Charles Barkley. You gotta have Chuck involved. And so when I did go to the game in Charlotte, uh, I I saw him kind of in the uh, tunnel, like near where kind of families were coming in and, and people were about to leave. And you know what I realized? Charles Barkley is a large man. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but man, that guy's big. Like he was, he was so much wider than I even anticipated. So that, you, you know, the round mound of rebound, it's the real deal. I get it. I get it. So I missed him uh, yesterday during the festivities and, and we'll talk more about the all-star game uh, in a little bit. The other thing I'm convinced of today, following uh, another Duke loss and the fact that, that they got swept by UNC, which is just devastating. You, you never want to get swept by UNC. It, it's just the worst. And so to, to listen to the fans and you get the text messages, it's just, it, it's hurtful. But the crazy thing is, life after Coach K is starting to set in. It's starting to say, okay, Coach K is not going to be here for long. Uh, he's not going to be here forever, I should say. We don't know how long. And I'm convinced, I was thinking about it as I was getting ready this morning, Steve Wojciechowski has to be the next head coach. And he's not doing a great job at Marquette. He's done okay. They've shown you know some glimpses in the tournament. But I think he's the one that fits best to take over the reins. And I think he embodies Duke basketball as much as anybody. And so I say they bring him back. And I'm convinced that they need to con- they need to convince Johnny Dawkins, who's the head coach at, at uh, Central Florida, to be the associate head coach. To me, it's got to be a one-two punch. And and I don't know if Wojo can handle it just on his own. But if you add Johnny Dawkins to the current guys, because I love Chris Carowell, John Shire, uh, Nate James, those guys, st- keep them around. Uh, that's what I'm convinced of should happen for Duke basketball. I don't know if it should happen, you know, in two years, three years, but they need to put that plan in p- place. My favorite Dukey ever is Steve Wojciechowski. I want to see him come back as the head coach. So that's what I'm convinced of today. Luke, why don't you jump in? What are you convinced of today? Well, first, let me just comment on the Duke UNC thing. I have recently can't stop watching the clip of Austin Rivers. Oh, I mean, that, that, that three ball at the buzzer. My favorite part of that. It's a great call, by the way. It's a great call from the broadcast. But Mason Plumley seeing his fist pump, he's watching it. And then he just, the most legendary fist pump I've ever seen to the bench in the court is stormed. Then they pan to Doc Rivers, who's in the, in the crowd. I mean, just an electric highlight. I saw that on Twitter, and I just, I had to give it, it was just an automatic retweet for me. There are certain things that don't even think twice. That was one of them. And I'm a Jayhawk. So uh, it, I just, I love that clip. But my, I'm convinced, is sim- it's also having to do with All-Star Weekend. I'm convinced that the NBA dunk contest is officially washed. Now, no, don't say it, Luke. It, it's washed. I, it, I, I, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Now, the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine dunk contest kept it alive. It was dying. The contest was dying. That was the last chance to revive it. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, great dunk contest, but. It's washed, and, and I say that. I, I've been tweeting about this the past few days. 
there are pro dunkers now. The age of social media, pro mm. dunk, pro dunking, you can make it, you make a living doing it. Now, 10, 15 years ago, I'm sure there are pro dunkers, but it wasn't big because there was no that there wasn't that social media platform to get these guys out there. But pro dunkers, their ability to do artistic, crazy dunks. I mean, NBA dunkers can't sniff pro dunkers mm. because and so I go into a I go into an NBA dunk contest, having seen these insane dunks from pro dunkers in competitions on, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And then I go watch the NBA dunk contest and they're still, they're still doing the craziest thing they do is just between the legs. Like <laughs> impressive, of course, relative to me. I mean, unbelievably impressive, but the standard has been set so high from pro dunkers that the NBA dunk contest doesn't have the flair anymore. Mm-hmm. No longer we in, in 2003, every, every player has their camcorder out sitting on the sideline with Shaq and all, and all those guys. Burnett. Yeah. Like looking at old dunks, like like T Mac and 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 uh, Vince Carter, they're doing like crazy powerful windmills between the legs. That was great, but that's not the standard anymore. That doesn't. That's not the the wow factor for dunks. The a majority of NBA guys can't do those dunks. Like mm. there's just such a clear since pro dunking is its own thing now that these guys they they don't they may not be very good at basketball, but they've got 50 inch verticals and being able to dunk is actually a talent. It's more than just jumping high. You have to have so much body control, being able to put a ball, the ball between your legs, behind the back. Like, that's incredibly difficult. And I just don't think NBA guys can keep up with that anymore. And last night was a huge testament to that. I mean, no knock to those guys and, uh, and Simons and Toppin uh, and, and Cash Stanley. Like, great dunks, but relative to what I see from pro dunkers, it's just... It's, there's no wow factor. So I'm, I'm convinced that the NBA dunk contest is washed. That's a, that's a great take, a great perspective. And, and I think even the fact that we see awesome dunks in game or during layup lines and, and, or in practice or you know just different times throughout the year, yeah, it's kind of watered down and, and we have higher expectations. And, and I actually watched it this morning on, on DVR and I was watching with little Maddie. And so this was her first dunk contest and she was – you know, she was impressed at times, you know, a couple of wows. And she looked up at me to, you know, see my response, but we weren't jumping out of our seat. It was, I, I like the creativity. I'm all about the creativity even more than the athleticism sometimes, uh, because to me, it's a show and I just want to, I want to see what people can think up, you know, in their, in their mind. And so the little, you know, uh, I don't even know what you call the suction little goal that they put on top, uh, that was pretty cool that Simons did Anthony Simons. So that to me was the kind of the dunk of the night, just as far as a creative move. Yeah. That was pretty great. The contest needs more creativity because the dunks themselves, these, the NBA players, I'm sure a few of them could do it, but, but again, pro time dunking is a full-time thing. They're really mastering their craft every single week. These NBA guys aren't doing that. They're working on winning games and developing their game. So yeah, we need more cre- to save the dunk contest. It has to be more creativity. Give me more Oladipo singing New York, New York before his dunk. Give yeah. me more blowing out the candle from Gerald Green. Because oh, that's who did that dunk. They were talking about it last night. I was like, man, well, right. who did that dunk? That's right. Give me more Superman with Dwight Howard. You need more. It's Yeah, it's got to be entertainment because the dunks themselves, that is no longer achieving wow factor. We are years past that. And again, yeah. the Aaron Gordon Levine, that was a, a it gave us a mirage. Like we're chasing that. That that that's not going to happen every year. Not even close. Those guys, one, are probably not going to compete again, and two, most guys can't do those dunks. And Aaron Gordon is so underrated. He he's oh one of the best gosh. dunk contest participants. Did he ever win one? I mean, he he should have no. won like a couple he of got, them. He never he, won. He did got. He, he got. In, uh, in my mind, he always won. I was like, oh yeah, Aaron Gordon won. They, they got to change the whole the whole uh, judging too, yeah. and I actually like what they did last night where they just Love picked that. the name, do yeah. that the whole time. So yeah. after each round, what was the best dunk, and and you know almost rank them in order, do it that way. But the idea of numbers, yeah, uh, it doesn't work because it forces the, the judges. It forces the judges to make a decision where if, if you give numbers, every judge every judge can just keep giving fifties as a cop out. But if you're forced yeah. to give a name, that's what happened with Levine and Gordon. They just yep. kept doing fifties back and forth. And you're like, at some point, you're going to have to choose a guy. You can't just keep doing this all night. No, I like that. Did, you, know, Simons. did you like the new All-Star Game format? Because it was different. Don't contest it at halftime. 
Um, and then I don't know if you're planning on talking about this, but just the the different rule changes in the game the past uh, two years. Uh, so I would, I would love to I would love to hear your take on that because it's much different. Yeah, let's tease that because I I do want to talk more about the the overall game. Uh, but I want I want to begin with unpack this, and so we'll we'll do that, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll get everybody's thoughts on the All Star kind of format and even going into it I knew LeBron's team was too good I mean we all did you look at the roster you got Giannis and Steph Curry and LeBron on one team give me a break it's they're too unstoppable so uh Zion was on the other team which I was bummed about LeBron blew it not getting Zion but basically all the good players and the guys that I like were on LeBron's team so they they put on a show they dominated there's a little tease for you but uh but let us know what you're convinced of send those in send your comments in what are you convinced of we'll put some of the good ones up uh, so that everybody can see, but, but here's the topic today. So Saturday, uh, had a nice, nice little afternoon here in Charlotte, beautiful day is a tad chilly, but decided to go to the park. Uh, this is kind of my new thing with little Maddie, uh, went with a buddy of mine who happens to be a UNC fan. So good friend of mine. And so we, we were able to, to hang out with our kids at the park right before the Duke Carolina game. And so we're talking, you know, a little bit about the game and, and kind of our strategy for watching the game. And, for whatever reason, now college basketball starts at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, Eastern time. 6 o'clock. It's dinner time. It's For, for me, it's, you know, I got to get Maddie bath time. I'm, I'm the dad that does uh, bath and, and bedtime basically every night, and I can't, I can't miss it even for a Duke Carolina game. So what does that mean? It means I DVR the game. It's, I hate to admit it, sometimes it's hard to, to watch a game like that because I do enjoy the interaction, some of the trash talk back and forth between Duke and Carolina fans, but, but I did have to DVR it. And so anyway, I'm talking to my buddy Chris, uh, who's a UNC fan, and, and we talked about our strategy with DVR. And so for me, I love it because I can zip through the commercials, right? I can fast forward all the commercials. I can fast forward even free throws. Fast forward timeouts, any kind of downtime. If there's ever a, a, a replay, you know, instant replay review, I can fast forward it and skip it. Well, Chris, his perspective is, at least for the last four minutes anyway, he actually watches the commercials. He, he does not fast forward. He wants to watch like he's watching it in real time because, to his point, when you do watch through all of that, there's, there's an anticipation, there's you know, the excitement starts to build. It gives you enough space to actually process kind of what's going on. And you start to wonder, okay, you know, is, is this team going to make a comeback or that team, you know, what's going to happen next? And so it's just building up. Whereas for me, my normal strategy is I'm just fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Let me just, I almost just want to get to the outcome, right? I just want to see what's going to happen. Uh, who's going to win. And it's sure I want to watch and, and, and have an idea of what's taking place. But, but all too often, I'm, I'm willing to, to kind of skip through things. And so I, I began to think, and I guess God you know, put this on my heart and, and mind, and, and this is what I want to share as an encouragement for us today as we, as we start our week. And, and even for you, Luke, as you start your, your wedding week, it's very easy for us in life to desire to fast forward things. Now, ultimately, we, the, the, you know, the movie Click isn't real life, and so we can't fast forward things. But I think in our minds sometimes, we do that. We, we want to skip things. We want to fast forward through whether it's difficult times, whether it's annoying times. We just want to get to, you know, the good thing. We just want, you know, we don't want to wait. We're very impatient people. And, and so we get restless and we just, all right, let me just move on. Let me just move on. And, and so the challenge is to embrace the process, to embrace the challenges, to embrace sometimes even the pain uh, I was with my, my parents on Friday night and it kind of been going through some tough stuff personally lately. And my dad goes, yeah, I'm really glad that you've been going through this lately. Wait, what? What are you talking about? He's like, I'm glad you've been going through this pain. It's good for you. And, and so as much as I want to skip through, you know, the pain in life and skip through the, the challenges and the tough decisions and, and all that sort of thing, ultimately God is using all of that for our good. He's using it to grow our character. He's using it to change us. And, and oftentimes that process that we go through of maturity, the process of endurance, the process of even anticipation and the excitement that builds it, when, when something finally happens, we appreciate it more. Uh, we, 
we learned through that to then see things clearer when it when it finally does happen. You know, uh, I guess I haven't announced this publicly yet, but I'll just do it now. But uh, Jody and I are pregnant uh, again, and so we're due in August. And so the the process of going through the pregnancy, you know, it's a long, sometimes challenging, especially for Jody, uh, tough days. But but all of that is preparing us. It's building toward you know the final birth, and and so it's the excitement builds. But it's all important, and God built in, you know, for the most part, that nine month process uh, that, that that we're supposed to go through uh, before the baby's born. So anyway, all of this goes back to this idea of fast forwarding, and and you know, how do you handle when you watch a game on DVR? Do you skip all this stuff? Do you try to skip everything? And I, I I'll admit, I'm always going to skip the commercials. I'm not sitting through the commercials. That's not going to change. But I hope our approach to certain things in life. Uh, we're willing to just embrace the process because ultimately we usually have to go through it anyway. We can't fast forward it. We can't skip it. So what is our mentality through it? And so for you, Luke, it's, it's, it's the week of the wedding. And, and my encouragement to you is these next few days, it's your final days being single. There's value even in these last few days. There's things that you can think about, you can process, you can learn, even as you, you know, await this, this great day, which it will be on Saturday. It's a glorious day. I love, I love my wedding day. I think back fondly. It was such an awesome experience. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll just encourage you there, and then I'll let you jump in on this concept of fast-forwarding in life and trying to skip things, and, and, and ultimately it points to our impatience. Yeah, that's a <clears throat> very, uh, I'm sure timely for a lot of people, this, this idea of fast forwarding through, through difficult times is, is, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go out and say, I mean, it's going to be something that everyone always deals with because no matter what, there's always something that can improve, especially like this side of heaven. There's always going to be something we wish was better. Now, whether it's a really difficult time like loss um, or uh, just a really difficult time by anyone's standards, of course, fast forward. But even like even it, it, for me, being engaged like three, <laughs> month, three months ago, I wish that we could fast forward to the wedding. Yeah, uh, just because like engagement, it just feels like an eternity, no matter how yep. long the engagement is. Uh, I mean, and then even small things like uh and technology doesn't go right. I wish that was better. So this idea of like fast forwarding, it is no matter who you are or where you are in life, there's always going to be something you wish you could fast forward through or improve mm. this side of heaven. Um, but the, again, and we talked about this last week as Christians, like I'll posit that the we're the only people that can truly hope for the future and look back and remember uh, remember things not in condemnation. And mm. so I love that when we're going through things, when there's things we wish we could fast forward, we know that regardless, we have hope. Um, and there's tons of uh, scripture talking about this idea of hope. Now, it's definitely focused on persecution for the name of Christ, but it's still uh, relevant in regards to no matter what happens, I have hope. This idea of joy and suffering is a theme throughout Scripture. Because if you have a relationship with God, you're great. Like, that is, from an eternal perspective, that's the only thing that matters. So, I mean, Romans 7, Paul is <clears throat> talking about there's no present sufferings that compare to our future glory. Uh, Colossians, it's either 1 or 3, talks about joy and suffering. Romans 5 talks about uh, perseverance and suffering and having joy and suffering. Uh, let, me, let me pause you there. So I, I've got Romans 5, 3, and 5 for our, our, our verses for today. And it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And so I love this verse because it speaks to what you're, you're talking about. And, and I think it also shows the process and it shows that, okay, uh, the, the trials that leads to endurance, endurance leads to strength of character, then strength of, of character leads to the, this confident hope 
And then this hope, you know, keeps us going and it, it doesn't disappoint. And, and it, it reminds us and shows us how much God loves us and, and ultimately will be with him for eternity. And so it's all, it's all this, this process and, and sure, you know, there are days where I'm, I'm, I go, I don't want to deal with this life anymore. I'm ready to just go to eternity and, and be in heaven. And, <laughs> Give me and, heaven. Absolutely. Um, and so, but, but there is a, a point in being here on earth. There is purpose and meaning in being here today. And God has us here right now. And I, I don't know about tomorrow or next week, but I do know right now in this moment, there, there's purpose for, for me being here. And so I can't fast forward this. I can't just, all right, I'm just going to focus on, you know, what's we talked about this last year last week about the uh the future you know where we only think about heaven and and then we're not taking care of what god wants us to do right now in the moment um of course that drives us that gives us the hope and that that gives us that peace because we we know that our future is taken care of um so so yeah we just don't want to fast forward and i guess that's the, the the message today you know even though we can't literally fast forward things how are we approaching that that mentally uh, emotionally and kind of how we engage um, you know, with, with trials and struggles and, and pain and, and all that, uh, if we lean into it and just like, you know, watching a game on DVR, leaning into those commercials, leaning into those, tur- those, the timeouts, uh, and, and free throws and all that, that sometimes I like to get through. But when I actually watch all of that, I do learn more because what happens the analysts and, and, you know, the broadcasters during a free throw, they talk more. They give more insight on that player or on the game, and they're able to, you know, you, you just learn as a fan more during that time. And so even that kind of parallels a little bit too that I miss out on certain comments if I fast forward too much during a game. Um, and so yesterday, especially with the All-Star game, I didn't have a ton of time to watch the third quarter. So I'm, I fast forwarded the third quarter, got to watch most of the fourth, uh, but I missed whatever happened in the third. So that's my loss. <laughs> and I think another important thing I think of is <clears throat> if we're so, I don't want this to sound unsymp- uh, not sympathetic because it's certainly sympathetic towards, I'm, I'm certainly sympathetic towards wanting to fast forward through hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's no question about that. Like, but if we want to fast forward, we forget about the joy of being a testimony to other people. And uh, I, I love, I always look at Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 6, Paul's talking about, God, the Father of mercies of all comfort, comforts us in our afflictions so that we may we may be able to be a comfort for those who are in any affliction. So we think at some point in the initial <clears throat> heartache of something difficult in life, of course, we want to fast forward. But eventually, through the Holy Spirit, through encouragement from uh, godly counsel, <clears throat> like we get to be a testimony to others. And I, I, I won't speak for you, but I, I know like I'm certain there's things in your life that you've been able to be a testimony to others for things in my life, of course, that I've been able to be a testimony for others, whether it's God rescuing me from sinful behavior or uh, through lo- the loss of my dad at a young age, being able to be a, a te- my family, being able to be a testimony uh, and an encouragement to people going through that right now. Like There is so much joy in that. And it's amazing to see wow, but 15 or 14 years ago and the initial stage of just horrible heartache of losing my dad. And then fast forward to now, of course, I wanted in that moment, I wanted to be able to fast forward to now. But -hmm. looking back a few years in, being able to see like, oh, wow, God's really starting to use this. I still got pain. Oh, wow, God's healing me. Oh, now I'm, I'm, someone's learning from me. I'm an encouragement to someone that it's possible to recover from this. Like, there's so much joy in being a testimony to others that if we're so focused on fast forwarding through it, we miss it. And again, of course, in the initial stage of heartache, of course, we want to fast forward, but that can't be the, the thing we focus on forever. Cause again, we miss that. Mm. And our God is a personal God. Christianity is, a, is, is relational, relational horizontally with other people and a relational vertical with God. We don't want to miss either of those by wanting to fast forward through everything. Um, and I've been, yeah, and, and yeah. It, certainly it's hard to learn. It took me years to get there, but I'm glad I got there through uh, God's grace empowering me. But, and I, and I know you've been able to experience that as well. Like I'm, there's things that I'm sure you've, you, uh, you have gone through that you've been able to be a testimony to others. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And especially having a miscarriage years ago. And, and that was a, a very trying time for Jody and I and, and other people have gone through that. And so being able to, yeah, relate and understand through that for, for sure, that, that comes to mind. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, the idea that, that even here at unpacking it, um, you know, we've, I've been at it for seven, eight years now, and, and I wanted, you know, the ministry to, to get to a certain level or be able to do certain things and wanted to fast forward and come on, we got to, it's got to happen. But, but God has taken us on this, you know, in some ways to me, a slow journey and other people may look on and they go, Oh wow, things have happened fast. But, but for me, the day to day, but God has had to develop my character day by day. He's had to teach me lessons day by day, one step at a time. We, we couldn't get to the, you know, kind of the next step, the next level, unless we, we went through certain aspects or, or learned certain aspects to be able to handle and to be able to be prepared for that, that next thing. Um, and so even paralleling it back to, to DVR in a game, if you just flash, fast forward to the fourth quarter, you don't know how the teams got to that point. Like you didn't realize the, 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 the foul trouble that took place in the second quarter or, you know, the guy that got ejected or the, uh, you know, the missed shots in the third quarter, whatever, all, all these things build up and, and contribute to the whole game. And you appreciate how the game ends and, and what happens toward, you know, toward the end based on what took place throughout the entire game. So that's what we miss when we fast forward in basketball. And, and, and I think we, we miss a lot when we get so upset that things aren't happening faster or we're trying to move ahead too quickly. Um, and we, we miss out in the moment. So and, and yeah, just, go ahead. Last thing, like every athlete, what do you always hear them say after winning a championship? There's it's all about the journey, all about the, yeah, the journey, the process. I love the process. I love the grind of, of grinding every day. That's what makes the championship so amazing because yep. if you just get there, there's way less of an appreciation. If you, if, if you don't have any knowledge of what it took to get there, that's the same thing in our lives as we follow Christ when we get to a place of healing after pain, so much of the joy of the place of healing is knowing the pain and the process of what it took to get to healing. So mm. again, like the joy of looking back it, mm. and being a testimony and understanding and being able to look back and see, oh, that's really God showed up there. Oh, that's really cool how God did that. And being able to look back and appreciate while oh, God really did, does, God's not a pain waster. He doesn't mm. waste our pain. Like that. Uh, unless, of course, we do, but God uses it, uh, his, his uh, followers of Christ, as a testimony to others and for increased faith in him. So it's mm -hmm. all about finding beauty. And we got to love the process. As hard as life is, there is so much beauty in the process, even on this side of heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, that's uh, that's what you can unpack today. Appreciate those thoughts, Luke. And uh, for those of you commenting, great, great thoughts and encouragement as well. Uh, if you do have anything you want to add, you can leave a comment or send us an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And uh, love, love just having the conversation together. You know, diff different ways we can learn from one another. And, uh, and so that devotional will go out today. I'll write it uh, later today. Those are just my initial thoughts. Uh, based on the conversation that I had at the park on Saturday <laughs> before the UNC Duke game. And, and, and I'm sure the jokes have been out there. You've been thinking about it. Bryce, you should have just fast-forwarded the entire Duke game. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that was the UNC game, really. Duke Duke was just an innocent bystander uh, Saturday night. I mean, that was atrocious. It was bad basketball. It, it's, it's been a, a, such a frustrating season for Duke. And, and last year wasn't much better either. It was a little better, but um, it's very concerning where Duke basketball is at at the moment. That's why I led the show talking about, you know, who the next coach is. Coach K is the best. He's awesome. I love Coach K, but there, there, something's going on there with kind of the approach and the strategy and the types of players they're bringing in and maybe not gelling the right way. And, you know, I, I think they've got to they've got to make some changes and maybe Coach K can make those changes for the next couple of years. Uh, in in the types of players they're they're recruiting, and and I think uh, you've got to fill your your team with the John Shires, Nolan Smith, Daniel Ewing, Chris Duhon. I mean, these are the types of guys that stuck around. They they represented Duke so well. They got it. They got the culture. Um, 
I don't know. I, I When I look at the Duke team right now, I just don't see the identity. I don't see the chemistry night in, night out. It's weird. It really is. There, there's just something that's off with the Duke program, and uh, I, I got to see him get it back. I'd give love to some, see him get it back. Uh, give me some Kyle Singler. Kyle some Singler, Kyle another Singer, baby. One of my favorites, Brian Zubik. <laughs> and here's the thing, too. Players used to always develop so well year after year. Like you'd see a guy come in freshman year and not be very good, and then he'd get better. Now, Matthew Hurt has, has made a big jump this year, and he, he's played really well but didn't do much uh, against UNC on uh, Saturday. So you got to see some more of that. Like Anthony Goldwire, he, to me, he represents Duke, but he's a little too helter-skelter. Like you can't trust him. He'll turn the ball over. He plays great defense, but they gave him a little bit more responsibility this year. He hasn't lived up to it, so that's been a little tough. How many so, years was Reddick there? Four. Four oh, years. He was four years because I was I was watching uh, his podcast. Sheldon Williams four. Yeah, I was watching uh, JJ talk to to KD when they played each other in KD's freshman year. I didn't realize Reddick was uh, or KD went. He he just committed to Texas and was going to watch the Duke uh, Texas game and when they were number one and two in the country, and uh, JJ dropped forty that game. Um, but I, I didn't remember that. I don't realize that JJ was a four-year player. That's crazy. He, yeah, and for non-Duke fans, it felt like he was there for 10 years. But because he, I mean, he was such a, a deadly shooter. And in many ways, what we're seeing with Steph Curry, JJ was doing that. Like he was doing that on the college level as far as pulling up almost that you know, felt like midcourt. Uh, he could hit anywhere on the floor. His ability to run off screens. I mean, J.J. Reddick's one of the best college basketball players to ever play. And then the NBA career that he's had absolutely exceeded most people's expectations. And I think back, you know, the Charlotte Bobcats at the time, they drafted Adam Morrison third overall. He's been wow. out of the league for, what, eight, nine years maybe? J.J.'s still, still hitting threes. He's still doing it. Those guys came out uh, at the same time. So um, I was always a, a J.J. guy. Because uh, who's the player of the year? Of course, I was pulling for JJ, and then the Bobcats took Adam Morrison, and so I had to grow the stash and try to try to buy in. That was uh, <laughs> short lived. That didn't go too well. That was a that was a disappointing uh, season of life for uh, for Bobcats fans. But uh, but anyway, speaking of uh, Steph Curry, he really stole the show last night at the All Star game, and, and 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 you know one thought is missing him last year you know, being injured and, and out, that was such a loss for the NBA, such a loss for us as fans to not see such an exciting player and to have him back in the mix to win the three-point contest and to win it with a three-pointer at the buzzer, that was sweet. That, you know, the last ball on the rack, uh, that was a lot of fun. And, and I'll say this, I'm actually not the biggest three-point contest guy. I know that's everybody's, like, favorite contest. I actually love the dunk contest and the the hope that I'm going to see a, a dunk that I've never seen before. That's what keeps bringing me back year after year. The the dunk that's going to get me out of my seat. But I will say I was like really excited. I, I walked. I was kind of in the other room and walked in to to really see the final shot for for Steph. And I was going nuts. I was I was genuinely excited for him to uh, to hit that. And you can see the uh, which way. Yeah, my Curry uh, jersey hanging there. Um, speaking of those jerseys on the wall, Luke, I had the hardest time to try to get them to not look wrinkled and they still look wrinkled, but to try to stuff them in that glass case was a, a brutal undertaking. And I, I did not accomplish the goal there that those, those, they look a little wrinkled. So if we zoom in, it's tough, but at least we got Kobe represented and Steph represented. So here, here's the thing. I am so emphatically anti-wrinkle. I... <laughs> To the point, to the I don't point, iron. I don't iron. I I will not buy clothes that wrinkle, because I, I I'm totally uh, proficient in ironing. I used to freshman year of college. I used to iron some of my buddies' clothes because they didn't know how to iron. So my and mom, did they my, pay you? Uh, no, I just uh, I, I just charged it to the game. It was charged it to the friendship. All uh, right, so, all right. Uh, That's very kind of you. Like dry fit quarter zip here, dry fit shirt underneath. I just want to wash it and hang it up no wrinkle-free. I don't want to wash a shirt, hang it up, and it's just wrinkle boulevard where I want to take it off the rack and put it on, and it's great. So give me dry fit. I mean, I, I try to avoid clothes that wrinkle with every ounce of ability in me. So I'm just firmly anti-wrinkle. Again, it's all, all got to be dry fit. So wow. that, that, that's my take on that. 
what what a what a husband uh, Madeline's gonna have if you if you can iron your own clothes because I, I think the last time I ironed I burned the shirt like I got this <laughs> nice orange shirt and there's like a little brown mark that I burned on it and I think that was when I retired so I don't think I've ironed since it's probably been seven eight nine years I used to, so, uh, no. I used to my my mom used to give me a little extra change if I would iron the family's clothes so I used to post wow. up, post up shop clock in in my my mom's bedroom. And ironed the whole family's clothes, and it was great. So, good extra, That's, good extra five dollars to buy like a Sonic drink or something. Good for you, man. So, growing up, I've got a super mom, and so she ironed all of our clothes. And dare I say, she ironed the top of our undershirts. So we were always, <laughs> we were always looking sharp. Me and my two brothers, and and so you know, going off to college, always wrinkled. Since then, very wrinkled. I haven't put that on Jody. Like it'd be great if Jody ironed my clothes, but she does enough around the house that I can't. I can't expect that. So I just have to wear wrinkled clothes. So sorry, guys. We got we got Steph's wrinkled jersey. We got Kobe's wrinkled jersey, and, and whatever I'm wearing is going to be wrinkled. So you just got to deal with it. That's the, hey, the reality just, right just, now. Hey, just say it's game worn. It's their game, game worn jerseys. You didn't want to mess them up. Keep the wrinkles. That's it. That's what we want. Also, so, quick quick side ahead. note: your team undershirt. I, uh, I think that's where we differ as well. I, I can't go undershirt. Oh, man. I, I go, except in, in the summer, it's too hot. But I, during the winter, always an undershirt. And I am strictly, well, I prefer the V-neck. Now, what has happened over the years is somehow the, you know, the crew neck has infiltrated my you know, drawers. And sometimes when I get low on the V-neck and they haven't been washed, I'm, I'm settling for the crew neck and then I'm settling for the bacon neck and <laughs> go with the wrinkles. I got the bacon neck. It's an absolute nightmare. And so I, then I look just so disheveled. It's uh, it's an absolute disaster. But but you hate to totally get rid of the crew neck because because I do like I like to have a little bit of a buffer. You know, it soaks up the sweat. It kind of keeps you, you know, it keeps the, the, the shirt from from stinking too much, the main shirt. So that's always my strategy. Yeah, I just got to really trust the Old Spice Pure Sport antiperspirant deodorant. Shout out to them. Great product. Um, <laughs> but I just get so, I, I hate just getting bunched up. And if I, if I can avoid an undershirt, I just, it makes me feel cooler. I feel like cool hand Luke walking in, feeling great. Uh, I, but I, I really have to put my faith in the antiperspirant products I put, I put on. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I like to, I don't like to feel the buttons on me. You know, I got to have a little buffer and then, you yeah. know, then I got my hair shining through. And so you got to have a little <laughs> protection, man. I can't be having that. I got to have the undershirt. Can't show, so the, can't show the taco meat. No, got to no, feel it. Definitely not. So, <laughs> all right. That's the, that's the question now. That's the question of the day. Do you go V-neck? No undershirt or crew neck. This is always a, a wonderful conversation. I remember bringing this up in college. It was I, cause I finally made the switch. It took me a few years to make the switch because, you know, like I said, my mom always, I had a nice, no bacon neck. Uh, so I always had the crew, the crew undershirt. But then in college, I had to switch to the V-neck, but then it's hidden, yet it still protects the way that you want it to, which is right. a wonderful thing. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Speaking of Steph Curry, right? That's what we were talking about. Um, so last night during the All-Star game, then he hit even more threes. He was lighting it up. He was hitting from all over the court. So to have him back in the mix was tremendous. But then Giannis won the MVP because he didn't miss. So it was, uh, it was impressive to see those two guys on the same team. And Steph and LeBron have actually never been on the same team together, which was a little surprising. So I guess not on the Olympics, not on an All-Star game. Uh, so to see those two, uh, which I personally would, would say – the two best players in the NBA. That's who I'm going with, LeBron and and Steph. Yes, I think Steph's better than Kevin Durant, so that you can fight me later. But but those are the two best. So to see them on the same team, and I I almost even put Giannis there third, but uh, eh, maybe Durant's better than Giannis. So anyway, that that was that was cool to see that. And then I was disappointed though because you asked earlier, Luke, as far as the the format and all that. Normally. I like to where the all-star game still gets competitive toward the end where you don't know who's going to win. That's always the goal to just to see the competitiveness down the stretch and, and who's going to take the last shot and all that sort of thing. So to see Damian Lillard hit a three for the win, that was sweet. Uh, I'm a Damian Lillard fan. He's on my fantasy team has been tremendous. Um, so that was cool because he kind of stepped over midcourt, drained it, but the, the, the score was just too much. And then I love Kobe, the, the plus 24. It's creative. I like each quarter kind of being its own game. I think that's a great idea. 
Um, I was good with the dunk contest being during halftime. The problem is now that I go, now that I'm this old man and I go to bed early, uh, which is just crazy because I was always the late night guy. Uh, now I'm early to bed guy, and and so I have to watch it in the morning. So the dunk contest being at halftime, it, it didn't necessarily. I, I just couldn't make it to halftime. I had to. I had to go to bed. So I had to d- delay the excitement. <laughs> early to bed guy. <laughs> It's a. It's not a good life. It's You're not. Soft. You're getting soft. You're getting soft. I'm so on soft. Me. Oh, I, like, I remember when I it was I, you know single and then newly married. I would you know meet with mentors or older guys and oh yeah I get up at five I get up at six <laughs> and and I'm thinking you're nuts. Who would choose to get up that early? Why would you do such a thing? It's still dark out. I'm not getting up at that early. And and so now though, in order for me to get any time alone and and. I, I spend time with the Lord in the morning. Uh, I've got to get up early. It's especially with a little baby and then another on the way. That's, that's my time today. Maddie even got up earlier. She didn't give me as much time as I needed. So then she had to watch the dunk contest with me. So that was, that was part of the deal, but she seemed to like it. All right. So you had, you, you tried to prolong late night guy as long as possible, but late night yeah. guy, late night guy is officially no longer here. It's, it's, uh, it's early to bed guy. Now early riser guy, which is uh, very mature early riser guy is the mature version. So you've, you've really, you've really matured. It's a V-neck guy. A V-neck guy gets up at six. I still have, I still have a handful of questions for V-neck guy. There's V-neck guys hit or miss. So I'm, I'm glad you combined V-neck guy with early riser guy. That uh, that's a good balance. I I can't, yeah, I can't believe who I've become, but I still love, I still love the all-star festivities, but I will say yesterday it wasn't, it wasn't awesome. It wasn't that memorable. I still prefer Back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, the whole process. I love the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all-star weekend. I love like the random Saturday afternoon programming where they do like a, a talent show. They've done different things over the years. I love all the pregame throughout the entire weekend. I love even the celebrity game Friday night. So they cut a lot of the fluff this year and... I missed some of it. I admit, I had missed, I missed watching Justin Bieber try to play basketball with, you know, a retired Paul Pierce or something that I missed that. Where was that? So I almost did this for my, I'm convinced, but I'm convinced all-star games just are, you can't say they're just not good. I, I think you need the fluff for an all-star weekend because all-star games, if your goal is to make them this competitive really in an entertaining game that's just never going to happen the only the only sport that can really happen in is baseball just for the nature of the the way less of a contact sport like you can really go all out in baseball football the the pro bowl is just a complete waste of time in my opinion it's 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 a it's oh, not it's, even a game it's over that's done it's not even a game so the the pro bowl there's is no saving the pro bowl yeah hockey eh, hockey's all offense just like um NBA is you need the fluff. You need the competitions. That's why the NHL all-star weekend is great. Fastest skater, hardest slap shot NBA. Mm-hmm. You, you need that. You need a good dunk contest. You need the three point. You need the, the skills challenge. You need the celebrity stuff. You need the fluff because if the focus is on the game, they're just not good. Besides the 2001 all-star game, which for some reason, all the players started to try in the fourth quarter. And it was a legendary finish. Every all-star game is it's not this entertaining go all that game because it's a contact sport. They don't want to get hurt. So you need the fluff because all, all-star games, besides really baseball, you can't really compete. The players aren't going to compete. It's not worth it. No, no. But uh, to me, some of these guys that, that come out, they still have something to prove. So like for Steph, he wasn't there last year. So it, you know, it was kind of refreshing to have him back out there. Uh, and then... Giannis, I just think he's just so good, and he just didn't miss. It was just kind of impressive. I don't, I don't know if he was necessarily yeah. out there to prove anything, but like LeBron didn't need to do much yesterday. We, we, we've seen enough out of him. But but let me just real quickly two things on LeBron. One, I'm going to go negative and then positive. Negative, LeBron blew it by never being in the dunk contest. It's too late now. He, he's too old. He's not going to do it at this stage of his career. He should have done it. Jordan did it. Kobe did it. Vince did it. Dominique did it. Dr. J did it. LeBron should have done it. And that's just a miss when you look at his overall resume and his overall career. And we as fans missed it. And I just think it's, it's just a nice addition to your accomplishments. And he doesn't have that. That's a miss. I do have a take on that. Okay. I don't think he'd be very good in the dunk contest. 
What do you mean? He can do whatever he wants in the air. So my take, he's more of a bulldozer to me. Like, I don't know. If Power. Would, I don't, I, I don't like know. Dion. I don't know if he would have the flexibility to do these insanely crafty dunks. I, I, I'm just not convinced. Because, like, LeBron's tomahawk jam, the reverse, mm. like, the power dunks are usually second to none. But crafty dunks? I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a skill to be able to do all this stuff between legs behind the back. I don't know if he'd be able to do the really creative stuff. Like, big, really big-bodied guys historically aren't great for these crafty dunks besides power dunks. Dwight Howard was great in super entertaining in a very creative power dunks. Yeah. But like LeBron doesn't have the body type as MJ or Kobe. And I feel like that limits you, especially in what today's wow factor dunks are. I don't, to be a, a bulldozer power guy. I don't think that favors you. It would be interesting. I just don't, I just don't think it's, ever worth it it's never been worth it for lebron i think it can only hurt him and then that's that's the point he he didn't he didn't think he could add enough it would only take away from him and and because if he lost but to me he needed to be in it one year where there were other superstars so that if he lost he just lost to another superstar you can't lose to anthony simons no <laughs> yeah. no offense but yeah. so i i do understand that aspect of it um and then here's the positive uh, about lebron LeBron's ability to pick talent. He's now 4-0 and in the All-Star game. And like that may sound like a silly thing, but these guys, they draft. They go back and forth. He's gone up against Giannis, Curry, uh, maybe Curry twice, and then uh, he just went up against Kevin Durant, where they, they draft these All-Star teams. LeBron is 4-0. and And last night, he, he picked a, a dominant team. And, you know, he plays the favorites too. You know, he'll he'll draft teammates and, and all that sort of thing. So he'll play the game at, at times. And, you know, different. I think Ben Simmons, he's drafted because he's represented by his agency and all that sort of thing. So he, he'll, he'll do all that and still put together the better team and, get, and then go out and win and win in the All-Star game. To me, that's a nice little, little check on the resume. And there was a moment last night during the game, they panned to him on the bench. And I, I saw... Uh, a flash forward to now back to the flash forwarding to uh, an image of him owning an NBA team, sitting there watching his team do really well. LeBron is going to own a team and his team is going to win championships. And, it, and he's, he's going to get a, a one up on Michael Jordan, unless I'm a Hornets fan, unless LaMelo delivers so far, he's been great. Um, but, but I think, I think LeBron's going to, to get into, I think he just has a better eye for, for talent and and who fits well together. And it goes back to his ability over the years to be a great GM in the NBA. I think Pat Riley did a nice job with Miami, but but LeBron has played a key role in adding veterans and you know recruiting players and all that sort of thing. Uh that that adds to the you know the impressive career that he's had. And and I think it, it shines through even on an all-star game in a little all-star draft. Uh so that's my uh, my take on LeBron following the All-Star weekend. All right, Luke, we've waited this long. We got to wrap things up talking uh, talking wedding. We got to talk about Luke's wedding coming up on Saturday. I want to hear some wedding advice from our listeners that have gone through a, a wedding. And unfortunately for, for you, Luke, it is in the middle of a pandemic, or I guess kind of down toward the end of a pandemic, hopefully. Um, so it's maybe not, you know, fully everything, all the bells and whistles that, that you, you had hoped for. Um, but as I think back to, to my own wedding, a couple, couple things. One, the obvious is you got to soak in the moment. You got to find time to, to look around and, and just appreciate the people that, that are there and appreciate the people in your life that, that, that made you into the soon-to-be husband that you'll be. Because they all factor into you know, who Madeline fell in love with. And so when you look across that room, maybe it's not everybody because I'm not going to be there. So, you know, it can't be everybody. But uh, but you look around for those people and and just, you know, have a moment of appreciation and thank some of those people as well. Uh, I think that's a key element. And and then the other thing is there will be surprises, good and bad. So so for, for my wedding, uh, the surprise was Jody Sang, uh, it was shocking. She sang an incredible uh, Etta James at last during the reception and 
blew blew everybody away. I melted in her hand, and uh, it was at that moment that I decided uh, I'll never have to make her iron. There, there's no there's no reason to to ask her to iron. Um, so uh, so that was huge. But then the, I also had this little uh, surprise during the reception where Jody's brother came out and did like a skit. He dressed up as he like dressed up as her old boyfriend. It was uh, interesting to say the least. Maybe maybe he's watching today, but. It was uh, it was interesting and very surprising. So, but you have to roll with it. You just have to keep. You just have to embrace all the 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 things that are out of your control. You try to you know nail down every detail, but some things happen that you're not expecting, and you just embrace it, enjoy it, and and soak in the moment. Um, and then you know really enjoy that time with your mom too. You know, hopefully you get a dance with your mom. Uh, that's a special special time, and uh, that's a that's a great memory. And even even what you talk about, maybe even be a little prepared with what you talk about as you dance, maybe have something special to say to her or something like that might be a, might be a good thing. So um, those are a few things that come to mind. Any, any thoughts? What are, how are you feeling a few days out from the big day? I am really, really excited. So yeah, there's, there's a, there's a few things in our wedding that normally we would have, we're not going to have, but for the most part, like uh, we had, we had to cut a lot of numbers. Um, I didn't make the cut. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the a lot of out of staters weren't weren't able to come, um, but we had to cut the numbers. Iron. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we had a no iron person policy, um, but it's uh, we had to cut the numbers in about half. But we're getting to do, it's it's real intimate now, um, and the thing that Madeline and I keep saying is we're just so excited to be married, mm-hmm. um, and that that's the number one thing we're going to be able to get married. Um, and we're just so excited to start uh, marriage. We're, we're super pumped for that. So like part of me isn't even being able to like prepare myself for the day because I'm just so excited to get married to her. Um, and then I, I love that you talked about that, about um, dancing with my mom. I, I had lunch there a couple of days ago and nice. I just found myself like flashing back the last 23 years, all of the things I've learned, all of the ways she's developed me. So I've already started that process, which has been really cool. It's I've gotten like really sentimental and mm-hmm. looking at it from her perspective on her firstborn is about to be married and wondering what that's like for a parent and sending off your child is such a an a, emotional thing. I'm sure it's so just surreal to to raise a child and then to for them to get married. So I'm I'm also trying to put myself in her shoes and how really cool and sweet of a moment that is. So beginning that process has been really sentimental. And I'm, I'm, I'm a sentimental guy anyway. I, I hold on to items far too long and I should, but just because they carry sentimental value. But yeah, I'm just super excited. It's just so surreal. For the most of my life, I felt so removed from getting married. And all of a sudden it's here and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm old enough. I'm, I'm a man. It's just like, hmm. I, I felt like a kid for so much of my life and now I'm about to be married. It just felt like it was never going to happen. So I was so removed from it. And now it's here. So very, I'm very, very excited. That's awesome, man. I love it. And yeah, the last thing, so I'm a very emotional guy and I guess my encouragement, just whatever the emotions are, just lean into it. Like if you feel like crying, just cry. If you want to, you know, so much excitement and joy, just to embrace it and go for it. And uh, I think some guys try to hold back a little too much. Just let it, let it flow. Whatever those, those emotions are for me, it was just tears of joy. And it was just like closing this chapter of my, my single life and, and, and all the, the memories of that and kind of, you know, closing that down and then embracing the, the new, the new chapter. So, uh, that was kind of my, I'm, I'm always emotional, but that was, that was more like this, this sad slash joy mixed in and the tears were, tears were flowing as Jody walked down the aisle. So, uh, That closing uh, closing the door on the some of the dark ages, right? That's right. There were some dark ages. That's right. <laughs> the lonely single days. <laughs> I never thought this would happen. Those tears were flowing. You better believe it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, man. Well, we're we're so happy for you. And uh, anybody else with any any wedding advice for Luke, send it in. Uh, and so we will miss you next Monday. You will be on your honeymoon. Where are you going? So we just recently booked our honeymoon to Hilton Head, South Carolina. So You're coming we'll be, this way. That's right. That's right. We're, that's uh, funny. We'll be there in a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're, we go, I've never been to Hilton Head. It looks beautiful. Sitting in uh, 
a resort there. Hopefully, it looks like there's going to be some rain, but if there, if uh, some of the days clear up, well, certainly for the beach, but maybe getting out to play a little golf. A recent, uh, a recent thing is Madeline is getting into golf. Um, oh she, wow! I, I took her. This to is play. my nightmare. That's right. <laughs> I took her to play, and uh, it was funny. A few hours after the round, she was saying, "Yeah, I just can't stop thinking of my chip on 18." I'm like, wow. "Oh my gosh!" We're hours after the round, and you're replaying a good shot. The golf bug has officially entered your bloodstream. So, uh, and her grandma just gave her a pair of uh, a set of old clubs. So she's got clubs now. Just need to get them regripped. Um, but punch some golf, a spa day. I'm a big spa guy. With growing up Ooh, with my mom and sister. Yeah, give me a guy. Give me pedicures. All about that. Uh, and besides that, just uh, hopefully eating a lot of food, relaxing. It's going to be very exciting. Man, I'm I'm thrilled for you. Hilton Head is a wonderful place. Uh, I've been there you know, multiple times over the years, and we're actually going on a family vacation there uh, in May. So, um, so that's a great great spot, and you'll you'll love it. Uh, Jody and I have been there for a weekend getaway over the years too, and so it's a you know romantic enough of a place that you'll you'll love being there for your for your honeymoon. Great is idea. Gonna, is this going to be little Maddie's first vacation? First beach trip, yeah. Okay, definitely. So we'll we'll talk about that as it gets closer. Yeah. Today today's your big day, but um, but yeah, no, that's 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 awesome, man. So we're we're thrilled for you, and can't wait to hear the the stories from the wedding. And some advice is still coming in, and, and one is don't forget to eat and don't forget to drink water. It's like it, you just get caught up, and maybe you don't feel like it, but you got to eat and you got to drink water. You can't have enough water, so make sure you do that because you'll be sweating. Even though you won't have an undershirt on, you will be sweating. <laughs> and, and so you, be, you better drink that water, especially in that Texas heat. You better that's be a, careful. That's what, that's what people say. Some people say they, uh, after the wedding, they get back and they're just famished, just unbelievably oh. famished and exhausted. So I've, uh, we have a, a preventative measure within the wedding of a time away to just scarf down a plate of Tex-Mex. So do it. Uh, yeah. Excited. Excited. Oh, well, I guess your body's used to it. <laughs> that's right. I've, uh, I've developed uh, an affinity, quite the affinity for Tex-Mex. So my body is totally ready for that. That seems risky on game day, but I, 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 I don't know. Stick to some chicken, just some bland chicken or something. You don't want any, not a big, any issues. Not a big beans guy. So uh, we're, no worries. No worries, no worries about that. We'll stick okay. to the, the chips and queso. Give me some rice. Give me some tortillas. Give me some, uh, some ground beef. Yeah, all that stuff. Good for you. That that sounds delicious. Well, all right, man. Well, yeah. Happy happy wedding to you. Congrats to you and Madeline. And uh, fun show today. Thanks everybody for for chiming in. Uh, man, I hate that we have to end our time together. I guess I'll have to. I'll run through this real quickly because I, I teased it and and I'll just throw it out there. I was thinking about okay, how do this year's All Stars compare to '90s All Stars when it comes to how we'll end up remembering these guys? All right, so here you go. So Jordan and LeBron, we remember them as goats. All right, easy one. Steph Curry, I think we, we will remember him similarly to Hakeem Olajuwon. Somewhat underrated, and Olajuwon was the best center of his time. And, and sometimes maybe doesn't always get the credit for that, but his, his footwork and his uniqueness as a center and kind of changed the center position a little bit. Um, and so with Curry, of course, as a shooter, being the best shooter in a shooter's era, because Akeem was in a center area era. Uh, he's the one that won a couple championships during the Jordan era. Let's not forget that. Um, and so uh, so I, I compare those two guys, Shaq and Zion, fun, lovable, likable, big personalities, dominant physically. I think Zion will, will fall into that Shaq category as years go on. Clyde Drexler. Drexler, uh, Drexler and uh, Donovan Mitchell, guys on kind of smaller market teams, good offensively, but kind of overlooked. We don't realize how good they they really are, maybe, and and on good teams too, because Portland was good during the Clyde Drexler years. Um, and then Scottie Pippen and Kevin Durant. Scottie Pippen was always in the shadow, and we don't uh, maybe give him the the credit really due for him either, just for his greatness. And, and maybe Kevin Durant misses out on that because I was even kind of downplaying him earlier today. Uh, and so both tons of championships, but maybe not the guy or the reason for the championships. Um, and so they're, they're overshadowed. So there's a couple of them just as a little uh, kind of fun exercise. If you have any thoughts on that or any other all-stars to compare, uh, we'd love to know 
your uh, your take on that. So uh, just kind of a little fun idea that I had. All right, guys. Well, it's been a blast. We'll we'll we'll, we'll save the trading card conversation for another day because I, I went through my basement, found some cool cards, and the card industry is booming. My brother and I are back in the game. We started collecting when I was 10 years old. He was seven years old, and he's continued all these years, and he's making big money selling his cards. Uh, I'm trying to, to at least find a couple couple in the basement to, uh, to at least do something for me. I, I got I to gotta, you know, buy some new V-necks or something. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we'll have some fun with that in the weeks to come. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe to the devotional. Uh, unpackingit.com. Also, Monday the 15th, Trivia Night, March Madness, virtual trivia night. Go to unpackingit.com slash trivia to register. It's free to play. We do appreciate the donations to support Unpacking It, but would love for you to participate in our virtual trivia night. It's an absolute blast. This next one on the 15th will be all March Madness related. We're also going to do a March Madness bracket challenge. Uh, we'll give you that information on Monday. Uh, but but just keep that in the back of your mind that when you're filling out your brackets, make sure you join our pool uh, this year. So that should be a, a blast. And I guess that's all for today. If you want to join the Unpacked Lunch on Wednesdays, you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Would love to have you a part of that. For Luke, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. Go check out the podcast. Check out the Matt Doherty interview. Check out the Mark Herzlick interview. We've got interviews with Chris Broussard, Clark Kellogg coming up. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and we will Check you next Monday, 1030 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, on the podcast, on YouTube Live. Subscribe, rate, review, comment. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.